you know that people, if they really wanted to skip whatever, however long this episode is, they could really just listen to the Misfits song, Pumpkinhead. Oh, so wait, the Misfits did a song about this movie, Pumpkinhead? Yeah, it's called, wait for it, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Um, I never heard it, I don't think. Um, I hadn't either until I was researching the song, and I actually love the Misfits. Do you? I mean, do I? I yeah, I'm, I'm asking. Do you have one uh, shirt? You do, right? With the shirt <laughs> with the skull on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my cleaning the house shirt. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I I love the Misfits, and I don't know. How, I mean, there's a lot of songs that I don't know theirs because I'm not like, oh my god, I have to own every album kind of fan. But um, it literally like starts off just talking about what happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. The end, right? Right. So it's the whole spoiler <laughs> of the movie. That's, I guess that's, I mean, but their music is like that a lot, isn't it? I mean, mostly like horror themes. But also about like <laughs> movie references and stuff like that, right? Well, so their... Um, their logo is a is movie, a movie yeah, reference. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like that's the theme of their band. I've never really been a Misfits fan. I've listened to some of their songs. I've played a few of their bass lines or whatever here and there, but... Um, <laughs> It's uh, it's definitely you know uh, got its place in music, I guess, and I can I can see where the horror element comes in as like uh, I think I don't know. <laughs> I like them a lot more since I've picked up bass, like playing bass, because right. Be- their bass lines are relatively easy. Yeah, and so it's a good like gateway drug. Yeah, so. This movie obviously made an impact on them for them to write a song about it then. I mean, it must be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie is... Um, well, let's just get into it. Hey, it's Heidi and Stefan. Yes, and you're listening to another episode of Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast. That's right. And today we are talking about Pumpkinhead, mm-hmm. which... Doesn't sound like a. I mean, it sounds like it's a horror movie, but it doesn't sound like scary. It sounds like something you call somebody that well, has a round head. It just reminds me of uh, Ichabod Crane, Sleepy Hollow, you know, kind of thing. Right. Headless Horseman. Headless Horseman. Yeah. Um. Well, it actually right this moment when I said that, it reminded me of this kid in in elementary school that we used to call him Basehead. Really? Why'd you call him Basehead? I don't know. Um, but he like a bass, like a bass guitar, or no, a bass like, like a home bass, first bass. No, I think we called him like bass, bass head in the trunks because I think like a drug reference. Oh, bass head, that yeah. kind of bass head. Yeah. Oh, that went right over my head. We were so I mean, mean in uh, elementary school. You guys, like we were it. so mean. We called this poor kid bass head, and he lived right across the street from the park. I remember he had like a scar that looked like. Now thinking back on it, he had like a scar on his neck. Maybe so he must a... have ha- from freebasing too hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Damn, up. you're fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Oh my god, I feel bad now. I mean, Poor I felt kid bad had a then. Tracheotomy and shit, and you're calling him <laughs> basehead. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I was just an enabler. Well, I don't come up with these nicknames. Yeah. I'm not a nickname person, exactly. I, I can't believe that the bass head reference flew right over my head. I'm like, bass head? What kind of bass head? <laughs> <laughs> For a second there, I was even thinking bass like a fish, even though you said bass, but 
And then, I don't know. I Poor guy. Have, Rodrigo, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. But yeah, pumpkin head to me just always <laughs> goes back to... What does base head mean? Base head? Yeah. Like, so what's a drug reference? It's somebody who does like crack, I think. They're smoking crack out so of So we call them a crackhead? Or a base head. I think because when you free base, it's a certain way. It's called free basing. And I don't know exactly what the, so obviously, um, I am never done this drug. That's why I don't have any knowledge of it. But I think free basing is, has to do something maybe with like a glass pipe and heating it and then smoking it or inhaling it like that. You know what it just reminded me right now when you just started talking about it? We've been watching that documentary. What's it called? Which one? relentless is that what it was <laughs> relentless um yeah. and the mom is oh if you guys have to watch this like it's kind of awesome um it's a docuseries about this unsolved missing woman or whatever yeah, yeah. but basically the mom, you got you, the, uh, what oh sorry i cut you off go ahead that's not new <laughs> no i wanted to be like hey you know um just that's great input <laughs> Heidi got Discovery Plus, and she has been <laughs> freaking out now with all the true crime documentaries on there. And that's where we found this relentless documentary. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, it, and I suspected everybody from the get-go. But um, at one point, the mother's denying that she has ever used drugs. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know what drugs Bullshit. are. I don't know what they would be. If I saw some drugs on the table, I'd probably just think they're candy. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's something they tell you in D.A.R.E. And we've established that yeah. I, I've signed a contract. Yeah, you uh, you and that <laughs> D.A.R.E. bear, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, Buddy Chambers said he was going to get me a D.A.R.E. bear, and he didn't. I better text him. Yeah, you might need to follow up on that. <laughs> Where's my D.A.R.E. bear? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Where is that D.A.R.E. bear? Buddy? Buddy, you got some explaining to do. Um. Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. Like, I just think it's candy. So you sure don't know what... Free basing is no, I haven't done that. I'm you know okay with experimenting in other ways, but uh, free basing, I've never never been one to do that. Um, pumpkin head also brings me to pumpkin like spiced beer kind of thing. I don't know, there's shipyard pumpkin head, it's a seasonal is, is that beer. like a like an actual beer? Yeah, it's a seasonal oh. beer that comes out, it's called uh. I, I forgot if the I think Shipyard is the name of the brewing company, Shipyard Brewing, I believe, and it's called Pumpkinhead, and it's a pumpkin flavored beer, and it tastes delicious, and it's great. Um, but you know what I enjoyed? Like I, I I'm not a beer person exactly, um, but I did enjoy going to the Phantom Carriage, which is a horror themed bar in what Torrance. I think it's technically in Carson, but in it's Carson? right on that border. Yeah, it was actually really awesome. I think we should go again and get more of those meat pies. It was nice, but it was weird since it's uh, post-pandemic. Yeah. No, we're currently in the pandemic. Nothing is post-pandemic yet. Okay, well, it was uh, after bars had been allowed to open up for a little bit. And as we know, um, it was fun. But it also, and I just feel like it takes away from the bar experience. You know, you're ordering Right, because you like to QR. hit on the bartenders. Or the, or the patrons or just talk, you know, the point is like 
you have a QR code now. You're sitting at a table that you're assigned to. They bring the food and the drinks over. They leave, and there's no real human contact. I mean, it's a, if there is, it's a split moment, and it's not the same as going out. The nightlife, the social thing, the um, I appreciate reason why bars exist. Yeah, I appreciate it that we were able to go, um, and the company was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience was great, even though it's you know COVID times in the. Th- Love in the times of COVID. Yeah. And and I um I really dug that they had rooms where you can just watch a movie. Yeah, that was cool. And not like porn. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had horror movies playing in the background while you're at this bar. I heard they have events and stuff over there too. I've never really been to one of them, but it might be worth checking out sometime. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so beer. Pumpkinhead. Sorry, mm-hmm. my mind took me somewhere mm-hmm. else. What does um, Pumpkinhead take? Where does it take you? Like, what do you think of when you hear Pumpkinhead? I think of a movie I didn't want to watch. But is that the only thing you think of? Like, just if you hear Pumpkinhead, it's like, oh, it's that one movie. Like, it's like an insult to a kid. Like, you're a Pumpkinhead. And then, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I never, like, I have, I've come across the movie Pumpkinhead from time to time. Um, and I just never wanted to watch it. And, like, that creature behind you in your poster is Pumpkinhead, and I never realized what it is. I thought it was Alien. I only... I thought it was an alien from Alien. I only realized it after we watched the movie, because I was wondering, there's a few... I know most of them on here, but there's a few, and that was one of them I couldn't place. And again, when you look at it, to me, I guess there's a giant, like, big head aspect to it, but... It um it, okay. it doesn't remind that make me think of Pumpkinhead that creature. No, so Pumpkinhead gets his name from the pumpkin patch. The pumpkin patch where he resides. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's just actually talk about this. Um. Today we are talking about the 1988 film Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Yeah. Directed by Stan Winston. Oh, he's the director of the movie. Director and writer. Oh, really? Writer and director, yes. So he's, I thought, known for special effects. He is. He So he, the reason why Pumpkinhead kind of looks like the alien xenomorph is because it's the same dude that did the special effects for it. Hmm, And while we were watching it, you actually joked around. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. it looks like they had leftover costume. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What did they have a leftover alien costume and they painted it a different color? But... Also, he did Terminator. Uh, special effects for Terminator. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. And Jurassic Park. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, that, and see, that's my point. So this is sort of like a, his movie, and but Avatar. he's not really known for... He's more known for making the special effects and in the movies. And Iron Man. But Holy shit. And but Big Fish. He's a big fish. But one of my all-time favorite movies that nobody ever digs, Constantine. I like Constantine. I love Constantine. Uh, but he's on there as a special effects guy. Yeah, his special effects and animatronics or whatever it is, or makeup or whatever in these other movies. So he's a dir- writer and director writer of Pumpkinhead. So that's where, you know, sometimes people want to step outside of their box. And he did great. And okay, well, maybe, I, I, I mean, guess. For a movie that makes as much sense as. Well, Pumpkinhead is like an acquired taste, like pumpkinhead beer, I imagine. Like, okay, well, I hate pumpkin spice, for example. Like, uh, but yeah, you wouldn't like the I, pumpkin beer then. I wouldn't like pumpkin beer. But anyway, anyway, um, I thought it was pretty decent, you know, um, cons- all things considered. 
I felt like when I watched it that I, I wish I could have seen this as a kid because then it would have probably lasted. It's one of those ones again where, you know, as a child, it's perfect. It's that's the target audience. Right. As it an adult, was. it's like for those kids that saw it younger, it's nostalgic and that's why they still enjoy it. For an adult who's never seen it before, you have to, I don't know, you have to let go a lot more and jump into the imagination zone. Um, but this movie does have a cult following. Like a lot of people really dig the fuck mm-hmm. out of this movie. Hence the 1999 release of the song Pumpkinhead by Misfits. Hence <laughs> your fucking beer. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, like people dig weird shit. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. I, I understand. Um, it, like I said, just watching it for the first time through, uh, it was I don't know. I would just want to say it was like a kid horror to me, which is cool. It's like a, um, well, there was no, there's no sex in the movie. Yeah. Which is, you know, the odd thing for mm-hmm. a horror movie. Right. Um, right. there was also, I thought it was going to have at least one scene with that Kim girl and the uh, older brother, but, um, they never went Kim that. with her brother. No, Kim was dating the older brother. The of douche the two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I could see why they didn't. <laughs> I could see why that came off wrong, too, now that I said it came in the older brother. And you're like, what? Um, I think you're watching the uh, wrong movie, yeah. Pumpkinhead. All <laughs> right. <laughs> um, whoops. So. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, so it was definitely um, more I don't know, like fun and kid. Like, that's all I'm saying is like, it's just, just takes me back to wanting to be a kid and watching this because it's scarier then. Well, this movie does do something that kind of is similar to the last movie we did, which was Friday the 13th. There's a kill scene in the beginning. Like, it opens with, mm-hmm. uh, it opens with, so the movie starts like this. The Disney um, logo. It is. Uh, <laughs> Tinkerbell comes out. No, and- it gets sued. <laughs> So the movie starts like this. Um, it is like late 1950s, and there is in, in the in like the deep redneck of the woods, in the redneckiest of woods, there is this family, and they are buckling down for the night, meaning doors bolted, shotguns at the ready, and there is um a husband, a wife, and a child. The child is Tom Harley who we, we see the story, um, the story revolves around. But um, there's a neighbor that is coming and knocking on the door, banging on the door, begging to be let in. And you hear that there's this creature coming behind him. And what it is, um, is something coming specifically targeting this man. But the father, uh, Tom Harley, the father, yeah, the father Tom Harley, will not let him in because he does not want to risk the safety of his family. Yeah, they, And I'm sorry, the child that was there was Ed Harley. Right. And Ed Harley is who the story revolves right, around. Right, right. And it My seems bad. like that obviously they've had some sort of experience or at least have heard some sort of uh, folklore of this th- creature. That's why they know not to open the door. Um, they obviously realize that the thing is coming for the guy. The guy's telling him, like, it wasn't me. I didn't do anything to that girl. Um, maybe he was innocent. Maybe he wasn't. <laughs> 
Uh, but this also, I think, was dated as like 1950-something, right? Yeah. So that scene, like I said, was late 1950s. It, it's, it seems it was like 1957. Like, I would have thought it was like Little House on the Prairie, like Because 1800s. everything is like candles. But they're in the... <laughs> In um yeah, I in guess, el culo in the, del diablo, yeah. meaning the devil's asshole of <laughs> right. a place, like Somewhere in the deep, deep dark south. in the yeah. deepness. Because it it definitely felt really like um, you know, just really old. Like I, you know, hey, they they give me my musket. You know, we're in a log cabin in eighteen hundreds. But they're wearing jeans. Were they? <laughs> no, I do. I did remember it. Like it was like nineteen fifty eight or whatever. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they decide not to let the guy in. No, because like I said, he wants to make sure that he protects his family. Smart move. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. But also, like, how many of us would have just done the same thing, whether or not we thought that there was something out there? You know what I mean? Like, if somebody's pounding on your door, your first reaction is what? To open the door and let them in because they might need help. Which is how some other horror uh, movies start. Maybe, yeah. But I mean, in some cases nowadays, I don't think you'd open your door for just anybody, even well, if they were not in the times know. of COVID. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I barely open my door for somebody delivering groceries. Yeah. It's only so, when they need a car to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I definitely um, I think that they made the right move in not opening the door. They the kids freaking out because he's like, why doesn't well, he pa the, open the door, Ma? Correct, but Ed the kid uh, looks out the window and he sees this creature killing the neighbor that was asking for help. Yeah, and like, then it's present day, which is the eighties at that point. Yeah, twenty thirty years later, I, I would assume, right? Well, yeah, because the same little boy. Um, Ed Harley is now an adult, not mm-hmm. just an adult. He's a father, father to this little boy named Billy, who's got to be about eight. Yeah. You said he looked like a kid from the Little Rascals. He looks like Bug from the Little Rascals. But in, in, in I don't know, he also kind of looks like um, the little boy from um, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Some I, I could see because of the glasses, but uh yeah, no, that kid probably wasn't even born yet at that time. His name was he. Uh, his name in the sh- in the movie was Billy, right? Billy. Was it Billy? I think so. I uh, can't find him. But you know who was else was in this movie? Okay, so this movie stars uh, Lance Henriksen, Henriksen, who reminds me of Willem Dafoe, but the main isn't character. yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think if I could place him, and I didn't. He was put... actually he actually was in a lot of different things. Um, Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> was he uh, really? No. <laughs> so he was in Alien. Aliens. Oh, really? He was in AVP, which is like one of my favorites. <laughs> he was in um, some Van Damme movie, but um, I'm trying to look at some look for something that you would have seen. Probably the one Van Damme movie. The probably the one Van Damme movie. Um, uh, so yeah, he did AVP. He was in NCIS. That's what it is. He is Sheriff Clay Boyd. You know about that because you've <laughs> watched every fucking season of NCIS. No, not yet. I don't know about that. Um, I didn't recognize him. Actually, I didn't recognize anybody in this movie. So in some ways, it was cool because I didn't feel like I was a trying to be attached to it because there's an actor who I liked or or something like that. 
I just decided to just watch it. Um, <laughs> you know who was in it? Who? You remember Blossom? Uh, yeah, the girl with the big nose. And the- <laughs> <laughs> yes. She was in this movie. She was one of the kids, one of the kids in the truck. Really? Yeah. Which one? The one teasing the other boy, the little boy. Oh, you're talking about the the hillbilly kids. Yeah. The hillbilly kids. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like one of the teenagers. I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. I'm still looking at all. He has a lot of fucking movies, this Ooh, guy. Henriksen? Yeah. Like, I recognized him from places, but um, I didn't realize he was in like three million movies. Well, good for him. He's got a good agent. Um. 258 acting credits. That's that's cool. That's a fucking lot. So how old is he? <laughs> okay, anyway. Um so um so Ed uh is it's present time. He's a single dad. He's a single in dad. In the same area that he grew up in. It's a little more updated. It's the 80s, but still there's no still, phone. It's, in the of the it's very n- rural. Nowhere, nowhere. Yeah, like we don't know what state they're in, right? No, no. but we do know that he has um, a family business. It's called uh, Harley and Sons it's or something. Like Harley that. and Son. Oh, yeah. um, he, has son he has one son, and it's a mark. It's like a, a, a general store um, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Um, he takes his son to work with him. They have a dog, the same dog that was in. The same dog that was in. Hold on, I, I wrote that down. It was the same. They use the same dog in two different movies. Oh yeah, from Gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah, oh, and the okay. same dog cool. from Gremlins. And um, anyway. So he's got a good agent too. He does. He's in more movies than I have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly two more for certain. <laughs> but um, he takes us into the store, and then they work together. And when they get there. They're visited, the store is visited by these 1980s teenagers, like wild, rowdy. Yeah. They're going to go and dirt bike. And there's, you have one couple, which which is dude. um, Yeah. You have this clear description of the differences between the two, like, types of people. You've got these kids that are all coming to ride their dirt bikes who are all, like, rich kids that got money and shit and and live a whole different lifestyle. And then you've got uh, the the father and son, but then the hillbilly family that we also meet right. there. And so they're total contrast. It's another that. family that lives in the same mountain yeah. as the Harleys. Um, and we, we find that um, they went with... He had, like... So the guy, the dad of that family... Whoever his whatever his name was, he went to the general store with his like with six of his kids, or yeah, and, and I mean, actually there were his grandkids at just, some point, kids and grandkids. Right. Um. So to load up some feed, but Ed had forgot it, forgotten it, and so he's like, okay, I'll take it before not before dark, and I'll drop it off. So Ed leaves his son Billy at the store by himself with the dog, see, with the teenagers riding dirt bikes around. To go pick up the feed. I have a lot of problem with all this this whole setup already because, again, I'm just going to be Mr. Critical about it. But, like, if you lived in – first of all, all right, those the people came. They did their thing. They're off and going to go ride their bikes. He had to go pick up the feed 
But what was the sense of leaving his son and the dog in the store? Why not just close the store? A, it's not like a busy intersection. Like, and if somebody did come, like, okay, whatever. The kids would have left on their dirt bikes and gone their way. And so what? leaving the son behind, expecting that he's going to just sit there and be good and that nothing bad could happen to him was a little stupid in my opinion. Well, it happened because it's conducive to the plot of the movie. <laughs> um, I agree. At a child that age... Which Should is not why have been I left say by itself. I as well, I watch it as if I'm a six year old because that's the only way it makes sense to me. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot a lot of horror movies that we have to watch as if we were then, you know. But um, yeah, that was bonehead move because as soon as the father leaves to go pick up the feed from the house, he um, the little boy runs after his dog who's trying to chase the guys in the dirt bike, and there's two guys riding dirt bikes outside. One of them crashes into Billy, the little boy, and kills him. Yeah, and uh, what we've... So I think they're both brothers. And obviously one, the older brother, is a little bit more of the instigator. We see him drinking alcohol while he's driving his Corvette with his girlfriend coming in while the other guys are all crammed in with the truck uh, pulling the trailer. So we already know that he's drunk. And so that sets up... Joel. Yeah, Joel. Joel. Um, he is the brother of Steve, mm-hmm. and Steve is the, quote, good one. Joel is the bad one. Right, and I think everybody else there is mainly Steve's friends. Yeah. And Joel is sort of just tagging along with his girlfriend because he's the older brother or whatever, which... With the know. leather jacket. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so when it happened, I actually thought it was the other way around. For some reason, I thought that the good uh, Steve was the one who... Uh, hit him but it, it, it turns out no it was actually Joel and Joel freaks out because he's like he doesn't tell him right away but essentially he got a DUI or got charged with a, a you know drink. another yeah hurting yeah. another girl or something like right. that so yeah. he doesn't want to get in trouble so with the law and he's like here's what happens yeah you're right go ahead sorry I interrupted oh, no, no, no. go ahead uh, finish your statement so you're right um, bonehead move and the way that that these kids decide to handle it is to go back into the store, but there's no phone at the store. No. So they then decide, let's get in our cars and head to the cabin because they were ultimately heading for a cabin um, near the store and call the police from there or call an ambulance from there because yeah. the kid's dead, but they don't know that the kid's dead. Yeah. It, we and don't even I didn't really even realize that the kid was dead. We don't know if, yeah, he, you don't see blood. You can't really tell if he's, he's just conscious or still. not conscious. Yeah. Now, um, they do leave one guy behind. They leave Steve behind. Well, Steve is the, because he's the good because guy. Because he wants to make sure that the kid is not by himself. Yeah. So as soon and everybody else takes off to to the well mainly because cabin. Joel takes off first and they're going they because everybody sort of freaks out and they got to go follow him anyway. To, but they yeah so Joel leaves not to call the police but everybody else leaves mm-hmm. to call the police or yeah. to call the ambulance to ask to call for some help. So Steve is left behind and then soon enough the father comes back. Um, Ed comes back and immediately realizes something's wrong because his son's not there. Steve tries to tell him what happened to his son. Like it wasn't, it was an accident. Um, but the father just grabs his son and takes him home. Yeah. Can we, can we, uh, so in that same scene, can we talk about how this is the one moment I actually thought was really good in the movie when he parks the car or truck, gets out, goes inside, still assumes, okay, everything's cool, comes out and then is noticing something's off. 
but still doesn't put the pieces together. And he's slowly kind of walking towards Steve, wa- walking, and then it's he's like starting to kick in. Yeah. yeah, and then you see him realize, and then he's running and bolting, and he's like, because this is his kids, his world. He doesn't. Yeah, that was very know. emotional. Yeah. yeah, like that was the most like best Realistic. acted scene in the movie. <laughs> I think that was that was great. Well, considering um, it's called Pumpkinhead. <laughs> <laughs> But so um, he scoops up his son. And takes him home. And uh, Steve is trying to explain, like, hey, we didn't want to leave him here. And can I do anything to help? But he turns around with this wicked, like. Wicked look of what just is he, anger. Does he say something like, you've done, uh, no, you can't. I forgot. There I was remember. a line. But it was it was delivered with this, like, angst, like, don't, don't ever come near me again kind of thing. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But it was good. It was good. It was a good scene. And then um, Steve heads to the cabin where Joel has locked up the two people that really want to go and get help. He's gone completely psycho. He locks them in the closet. He locks. Think about it. He locks his friend, his quote unquote friends or his brother's friends in the closet. He's already ripped the phone line. Out of the wall. And he's um, just like acting like a maniac, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're all scared. Being physical with people. Mm -hmm. And then there's, yeah, it's just. (laughs) They they can't stop him because, again, like they're probably a couple years, a year or two younger at least. Yeah, but they're all like teenagers. They're well, they're not even teenagers because they can, they're obviously old enough to buy alcohol. Well, the only person we saw that had alcohol was. Joel Mm -hmm. and so we can assume he's 21 at least but the other I think because Kim was his girlfriend and I think the rest of them were all Steve's friends that's how I took it and have I'm sure maybe you've known like a brother and sister combo that are somewhat or two brother combo or something like that that's same around are you still talking about porn no, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, for example, I had a friend who was my age, and then he had an older brother that was a year or two older. And, like, you know, we so had. My brother and I were them. two years apart. We never hung out with each other's friends. Okay. So I can't relate, but I understand what you mean. Okay. Um, well, that's... and I understand that they would be Steve's friends. Okay. So we're like, not and even so arguing with you on that. I, I now understand that there are other people who have not had that close relationship with somebody who was like a year or two older than them. Uh, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I didn't hang out with my brother's friends and my brother's my brother didn't hang out with my friends. Although he did date one of my friends once. Well, but aside from that, I've had friends that are older. The majority of my friends have been older. Um older classmen, people out of out of school, whatever it is. Um I've had those friends. So I that's why I also can understand he might be some of their friends too. Yeah. However, Joel is kind of a jackass. Yes, yeah. Um, there's like he at this point, there's no even fixing the camping trip that they're on because a he's killed a kid and, and now, now he's, he's holding his friends yeah, hostage. Like <laughs> this movie's gone crazy at this point, um, and and none of them have any idea what's even going to happen or come to them in a, a little bit. Like they're just thinking like, oh my god, I killed this kid and the cops and. That guy knows, and we're out here in the middle of nowhere just wanting to ride our dirt bikes. Um, so this brother, the younger brother, is trying to talk some so sense into him, right? When, by the time Steve gets back to the cabin, he realizes that his friends are in there, and he tells Joel, like, hey, do better. Like, be a better person. Make the right choice, whatever. Um, 
Like they don't get into a fight or anything. Like, no. I think they just sort no. of like. But what does happen is in the meantime, Ed has taken his son home, cried, taken his son to the other families where he was supposed to drop off the feed. Mm-hmm. Um, to wrapped ask, up in a blanket. Wrapped up in a blanket <laughs> to deliver the feed, but also said, you can keep the feed for free, like keep your money. But let me know where this witch lives. Yeah. I mean, you would have thought that maybe there would have been a hospital or maybe call 911 or something because it is like 1970s it's or 1980s, right? So yeah. the point is, yeah, they, um, I don't know, like, is he that far out in the middle of nowhere that there's no even like response? Like he goes know. to the witch doctor instead? But at this point, he goes to Hesse. Who's, oh, is that Hesse's the... Hesse's the witch? No. Was it Hesse? I thought it was like ha- Haggis. Haggis? Yeah, something like that. Am I wrong? Might have been Haggis. I think it was Haggis. Sounds like a food. Uh, Whatever. Don't you have IMDb open? No, right? So anyway, um, the, the, the father, like the guy, refuses to give him any information because he's like, let that shit go. Let that shit go. Go bury your son. Go grieve, right? But one of his grandchildren, Buck. No, his name was... uh, Bunt. Bunt, yeah. Like a... Bunt. He he meets him out on the road. He meets uh, Ed on the road and gives him the information in exchange for some cash. Yeah, he's like... He sends him to this witch's house. I almost said Bathsheba. But (laughs) this witch's house, like this witch doctor right like way inside the forest yeah, where Bunt, nobody Bunt, knows where she lives Bunt won't even take him all the way he says i'm gonna get out here because I'm, I'm afraid of that lady and shit so he just shows him which way to go he comes in with his kid and basically says i need my kid to come back to life and she goes nope i can't do that but i can get you revenge something like that okay. so <laughs> he um He's seeking vengeance. And what what Bathsheba, what this witch has is the ability to resurrect Pumpkinhead. So named for the pumpkin patch in which he is buried. But none of them ever call it Pumpkinhead though, right? Yeah, the kids do. Oh, well in that, yeah, that's right. When they're, when they're teasing the little kid. Okay. All right. So he is tasked with going to go retrieve the body of Pumpkinhead from this patch. So he has to draw, leave his son there. And then go and get this this monster. And this monster looks very much like the xenomorph, but like with joints and like things sticking out of like jutting out of his flesh. So like his shoulders are jutting out like maybe what six inches past where shoulders pass. But he's very bony, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And so he's digging the xenomorph pumpkin head out of its grave and taking it back to why do I keep wanting to say Bathsheba? I have no idea. I think <laughs> her name witch, is Haggis. Yeah, that's the witch from The Conjuring. Yeah, I don't know. You've... I wonder if I said her name three times already. I wonder if that's bad. What's that behind you? Frankenstein's monster in costume. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's Haggis. So he gets this body, this uh, corpse of this, I don't know, dead. What what is this thing like? It's a dead monster that's it's like, been buried. I I see it as kind of like a body, the vessel of something that's asleep, or, and it has to be awoken, and it has to be woken up by not Bathsheba, Haggis, Haggis, Haggis. Her name is Haggis. Um, 
by giving this creature the blood of Ed and the blood of his son. Yeah, it's it's very like folklory. Um, I I guess like you know it it, it wakes it, it up. It the thing comes to life. It goes on a rampage. Um, I don't know what else more to say about it. Like there's some cool kill scenes and stuff like that. And probably that's why the special effects and everything like um, made, well, you know, made a mark at that time. Yeah. So, but I do want to talk about one thing. Like I want to explain. Okay. So this creature, now that it's, it's been summoned, um, it's tasked with seeking vengeance for whoever, whoever woke it up. Right. In this case, it was Ed. So, this creature will not stop until all the vengeance has been taken. However, what Ed doesn't know is that he himself is now linked to this creature. So any pain the creature feels, Ed feels and vice versa. And every time this creature takes out one of the victims, being anyone who did the guy wrong or anybody who stands in the way of uh, getting the vengeance, um, he experiences those deaths as well, yeah. which I found to be pretty cool. Okay, um, right. We figure that out as the movie progresses. Um, he's t- completely connected to it, and that's what that old man was saying: is that you don't want to go up there because that's basically, you know, you're <laughs> signing like a deal leave with it the alone devil. Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and honestly, like even he went up there to see if if she could bring him back from the dead or whatever it was. We've seen Pet Cemetery. That doesn't work out either. No, I know. And that's why I keep wondering why he went to that, like, right away. I don't know. Like, again, logically, you didn't call Everybody 911. Everybody grieves you know, differently. All right. Yeah, so he goes to some voodoo witch doctor on the hill, wherever he lives in the middle of nowhere, 1988. <laughs> well, you have to, we have to remember that they live, like, so far deep in the forest or the woods or whatever the hell it is. Um, and also a desert for some reason. Yeah, no. So is I, he in California? <laughs> the setting, I guess, doesn't necessarily throw me off. It's it's just one of those um, movies where, you know, again, like I would have totally loved it at the age of six to ten years old. At 40 right now, watching it for the first time, I don't feel like I missed anything well, over all these years. Let me tell you what I did like. What did you like? I did like the death scenes. Those are pretty cool there was some because good ones. it's this creature just goes and it doesn't like come in and like savage like shark attack or anything. Um, it's just it plucks each victim one by one and sometimes quite literally drags them away for torture. You know, I liked that. Um, I like that part of it. I liked that there was that connection between the monster and the guy. And he found out when he impaled himself accidentally on a pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved that this guy, Ed, was like, well, everybody's dying. People should stop dying. Oh, my gosh, it's all my fault. Whoa. Right. And then tries to off himself by shooting himself in the head, but still manages to get out of his car after he's shot himself in the head out of his car and fall like 10 feet away. Yeah. It was after taking a few steps. A little unbelievable. But, but there are a lot of people who survive bullets in the head. That is very true. That is true. Um, the kill scenes, there were, I did like a few. There was that one where the girl gets shoved, like her face gets shoved through the window and then she falls on the, you know, like the middle of the window glass and you just see the blood coming out and everything. Um, 
There was, oh, one thing I did notice, I guess, was this theme of people breaking their backs. Um, like he dropped the lady, the girl out of the tree and she fell on the rock. On the, yeah, back. that was pretty cool. Um, there was a few others that also had their backs broken. And I think because it was sort of implying that the kid had his back broken. Like his spine oh, broke. Oh, I didn't even put did. that together. See, you didn't think I had anything for you, but pow, right in the kisser. <laughs> Want to try that again? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, like I, I just watched the movie and wasn't really too thrilled with it. Like I understand why some people would love it. Like, you know, there are certain aspects of it that are comical and cheesy and 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 tends to lead lend to the cult classics but um while and it was good it wasn't like a bad movie it wasn't like nasty movie but it was good but i honestly like zoned out while watching it because it just didn't do a lot for me i put this in the same type of category as creep show again something i didn't necessarily catch as a kid it's more comical and more like goosebumpsy stylish and that's how i feel this movie also there was you know blood and whatever and this and that but um i just kind of feel like those are the type of movies that this you know falls into yeah i feel like it was teeter-tottering between being an emotional movie and being a horror movie i wonder what i mean because the continuously carrying around his dead son and 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 the feelings that he showed during those scenes versus I'm gonna crack your back, bitch. You know, <laughs> like those two are were just constant. So it was like it wouldn't make up its mind kind of. The um the face of the monster started to look well, I liked how it did have sort of like a smile to it. it was oh yeah, it like, looked like a xenomorph who, was, yeah, who had like an like inside a, joke. Yeah, He's like, I yeah. know what I'm gonna do to you. <laughs> Um, his feet were sort of like a xenomorph too. He mm-hmm. walked on the balls of his feet kind of thing. Um, do you, so they like, he dies or the, the ending scene is somewhere in like a church or something like that. Do you think that uh, has any kind of significance to it? So the reason they ended up at the church was because it's holy ground, right? And it did kind of slow him down, but because it was a burned down church and it wasn't, active in a long time maybe it's why you couldn't stop him but it slowed him down and ultimately if you okay so then ed kills himself and then that kills the monster but then at the end and people survive but then at the end of the movie haggis is burying the monster Mm -hmm. but it actually is ed Ed, who has been transformed yeah so at what and then when so from just the backstory that I read of Pumpkinhead, um, when it summons again, like those people are not safe. That ones that survived are not safe. It's when this Pumpkinhead rises again, it's going to kill first the people he missed on the last go around. Oh really? Okay. Well, here. Which reminds fu- me of it follows. Oh, right. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Now, those two people who survived, they, they unfortunately were at the wrong... Like, they didn't really have anything to do with the kid. They, I get it that he sort of was like... I guess if the father was the one putting 
the vengeful curse on the kids. He had already seen them, so they were included and in guilty by association, you could yeah, say. Yeah, because he doesn't know what happened. He just knows that some, his son is dead. Sure, yeah. But I'm saying for those poor kids, like, they're just out there like, man, I thought we were going to go ride dirt bikes. And here we are having a fucking run away from this monster. Yeah. And we didn't even do that shit. It was fucking Joel over there. Vengeance done. Like Mr. Joel fucking with his fucking rowdy ass dirt bike and shit. His he was jacket. Don't forget. He was drinking beers like he was 21. But, well, I don't even know if he was. He, <laughs> he was drinking beers like he was 18. But drinking God, beers like it beers, was water. But... But then he jumped on the dirt bike as if he was, like, 15 years old. Yeah. Um, I think that's just, like, in a lot of the 80s movies, uh, teenagers are not shown as witty or smart unless they're, like, the final girls or whatever or, you know, but or an equal. But um, kids are not like that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean... Not kids I know or that I've been exposed to. I mean, in the 80s, I can understand. Like, it was just, I don't know. We were just weird back then. We hadn't evolved. We were like fucking 40 years beyond where we were as a civilization back then. So it's, it's again, it's hard to kind of. It's like when kids run and hit the stick and they hit the. <laughs> stick the, ball? The, 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 no, not the stick ball thing. They have like a, a empty tire or bike rim mm -hmm. you know and then you just hit it and you roll run around with that thing rolling on the ground that's like so like huckleberry finn that's so of atari thing. of them very <laughs> yeah, retro right yeah um here's a fun fact though the cabin where the kids were staying is the same cabin from the movie friday the 13th part four. Oh, really mm -hmm. <laughs> interesting part four that's the uh final chapter the final chapter yeah. So uh, maybe also because we're watching this movie right after watching Friday the 13th, maybe I was also we were expecting not a little more. <laughs> I just, again, like to me, it was Kitty and Friday the 13th was, um, you know, a pretty controversial movie. Like Friday the 13th brought it as a slasher movie. Now, I get it. This really wasn't a slasher. This is more of like a, a spiritual ghost monster kind of movie. Um a revenge movie kind of thing, but I don't know. It, it's very folklorish, you know. It's out there in a world of magic and mystery, basically. So if there's a demon, because this guy, this pumpkin head, is supposed to be a demon for vengeance. So does that mean that there's also a demon for other sins? Like, is vengeance a sin? I don't know. Um, I think. I think, though, because it's Stan Winston, who's the makeup effects guy, again, like, he does his one thing really good. This might have been a pretty, you know, okay movie for what it was, like, special effects-wise. Obviously, they, they hit the mark. Um, but other than that, it just felt very, like, I don't know, again, like, not... It was what it was. This guy wanted to make a movie, a monster movie, and he's been making all these other monster movies and making creations for all these movies, special effects, this and that. And he did his own thing. I think it's like Savini when he did, uh, was it Maniac or something? Or did, is, is he, uh, didn't Savini made a movie Maniac, too. Maniac, yeah. yeah. I thought it was Maniac. Let me check. I think he's the one who like directed it, right? Sometimes when you are really good at one trait, you're not necessarily cut out for being a, another part of the, I don't know, process. So, all I'm trying to say is not every actor could be a director. Not every mm -hmm. director can be a special effects guy and on and on and on. 
I don't know if it was called Maniac. So Savini did Night of the Living Dead. Is that what you were thinking about? Maybe I'm completely wrong, but what I'm trying to give the analogy of is what I just said, that not every actor is a director, not every director is a special Well, yeah, guy. no, obviously. That's why we get some shit movies sometimes, and that's fine. I don't think this is a shit movie. I just think this movie could have been better. Again, trust me, if I saw it between 6 to 10, it would have scared the shit out of me. I would have had nightmares from this movie for sure. It definitely had the feel. It was almost like, you know, Poltergeist in a way. You know when Poltergeist, when that uh, monster comes out in the end? and um, It's a movie about coming out of the closet. <laughs> well, and the, la- the old lady with the crazy uh, high-pitched voice and shit. Like, that was very, you know, scary as a, as a kid to watch, you know? You know what? I was thinking about it because you've been bringing up like, oh, if I was a kid back then, mm-hmm. I would have liked it. Yeah. I haven't been scared. Like, I haven't been scared by a movie in a very long time. Like there's jump scares, but there hasn't been a movie that scared me or frightened me. Right. Um, the last thing that I watched that actually made me frightened and I've had to um, keep the light on or said, hey, Stefan, come on, come on over, <laughs> you know, was... That Richard Ramirez documentary that they had on Netflix, um, The Night Stalker. Right. Um, and only then, like, I, because I'm well aware, I, I'm a, a true crime um, follower of true crime, I guess. I'm pro- proficient in true crime. You are. You, but, you know, you have a, like an encyclopedia in your head for true crime. <laughs> so I'm well aware of The Night Stalker and all his crimes, but there was a scene. At the end of the Night Stalker documentary, that it was just his face, like a picture of his face, and then it just stayed on his face, and it like kept zooming in, and that frightened me. That scared the fuck out of me. That made me think, I don't want to sleep by myself today. And it was just his face, like his just his eyes face, and his eyes. Yeah, you looked at him. Did yeah. you, you, you like. Seemed like you saw the devil or something. Yeah, like it felt that. like I was looking at the devil. And I haven't had a scary movie frighten me that way in a very long time. Yeah. Um I I can I can hear where you're coming from on that. Um it definitely is uh <laughs> it's definitely I I mean whatever. I remember you were like freaked out about that. But I understand, but that's because it's real. And you can imagine something. I mean, obviously, it's not even imagined. It happened. It's documented. And the guy is who he was and all that. So um, yeah. as kids, the surreal stuff is is believable to us because we live in an imagination world. I used to think that I used to think that having an imagination as a kid was um, almost equivalent to like hallucinating um and having a really good acid trip or something, for example. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because as a kid, if you had, if you believe that, I don't know, like you're, uh, you can fly or whatever, uh, you know, as a two-year-old or whatever, like in your head, you're on the bed or on the couch jumping around and you feel like you can fly. You could feel and imagine that you could do so many things as a kid because your reality hasn't really set in yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, as we grow older, our adult mind tells us 
oh, well, you can't fly because gravity keeps you down. Mm -hmm. Or the floor's not lava because it's actually just hard wood, you know? Like, but as a child, we can put ourselves in a position where we truly believe that those things happen. You just made me so sad. Why? Because I don't recall ever having that kind of imagination. Like You had a really rough childhood, and I'm sorry for that. And I really <laughs> wish that we could have a time machine so you could go back and maybe change a few things to experience life differently. But still, like, even through trauma, like, I should have had some kind. Like, I remember playing with my Barbies, but we moved from Maryland to L.A., back to L.A. when I was five. And the only memories that I can think of when I was um, playing by myself, like not with like my, not with like my uh, my aunts and uncles that we lived with or anything, the only like vivid memories I have is playing by myself with my Barbies, and I had a big old San Marcos blanket rolled up, and that was the cave they lived in, and I'm you know, made my Barbies do sexual things at five years old. Like wow. that is wow. the only like. Let's stay on this for a second. No, I mean, it's it's pure trauma. Like there's no reason a five-year-old should know anything about sex. It's pure trauma. But at what point did I not do any imagination, like not have any imagination? Because even now, you know how you're like, oh, it's easy to make music. Just uh, top, uh, uh, up down and a little bit in between right i can't do that i can't make my mind go do something sporadic everything has to be like very like precise well what about conversation though you don't think about what you're gonna say before you say it you just say it right right but there's usually like in my mind is usually something that carries me forward. Like I want to have this conversation because I want to bring this up or, Oh, that's interesting. Let me learn more about that. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's rationality there. Um, and I think like the most imagination I have, like, that's why I don't feel like I, I would love to be an artist like my child, but I can't because I get like stuck like when what I draw doesn't look like what I want it to look like. Like just like the logo for our podcast. I have it in my head, but I can't put it on paper or in any other medium that anybody else can see it. Like I have it in my head. What you mean a different logo? What's wrong with our logo? Well, I'm I I've had like four different ideas for it. Yeah. And I've had like four different ideas for it and I want it and I've asked for one and I didn't get what I wanted and then I just gave up because I can't I have it in my head I just can't make it you know on paper or whatever and and that's as close as I get to imagination is design like I can design something I just can't I don't have the ability to create it okay well so I think that's the adult version of not having an imagination yeah maybe it's very hard for me to understand, but I'm trying to. Uh, trying well, to... you're like a creative genius. You do music. You do. Um, you you're an artist. Like you can do a lot of things. Actually, you right. play multiple. A lot of them are. Well, there's a lot of practice involved in that, but it does come from moments of I think just wandering off in the mind and coming up with like a creative plat space, so blank canvas of stuff. Ideas. I understand that. I can't do that. Mm. I was recently asked, what's my first memory? And it was horrible. So I try not to do that. 
I actively try not to. As in, like, it was a very bad memory? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sucks. So I can't do that. Yeah. I can't allow myself to do that. I, I think what I was trying, well, what about this? How about when you look at a young kid, one, two year old child, maybe before they're even able to really develop words and have a personality or whatever, or, or at that stage when they develop the personality and they can talk, but they still don't know right from wrong, up from down, that kind of thing. Don't you agree that children at that stage, they don't know what is what can harm them, what can hurt them. They don't know. No, if absolutely. It's a, I'm not yeah. in disagreement with you here. I'm just saying, wow, that made me sad because I real I recognize I can't do that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not in disagreement with you, you know. But now that I'm also thinking about it, it's probably why I, even as my children were little babies, infants, I never talked to them about things that weren't tangible. And matter of fact, like I've always talked to my kids like they were equals, peers. Yeah. Well, some of that might be from your background, you know, um, your culture and stuff. There's a lot of, they come from, you know, you said uh, war-torn type uh, yeah. environments, right? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about El Salvador here. Um, well, would it give up my secret, Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm saying war-torn. God damn it. And they're probably like, whoa, is she like from Iraq or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> A rock star. You're a <laughs> not rock even. Star. <laughs> I can't. I just said I can't. Like that's oh, why when I play man. music, like I love playing music. I wish I could be a musician in my own right. But all I can do is play songs other people have already written. You have to. I say this. I think that you are putting in enough to be able to do that. But if you want to be able to go beyond that, you have to put in more. And that's where if your life doesn't allow you to put in more time to being in that creative space and being open um, to that, then it's it's hard to get there. Um, it also is something that you can't necessarily control. I would get the spur of the moment to write a song or some idea would come to me at like 3, 4 in the morning. And if you're in a place where you can't just record that, at that time, then you lose it, you know, they, yeah. it's come. And, and even now in my life, that's sometimes what happens. Things come and I'm at work and I, I don't have a, a ability to. Sometimes I will grab my phone and I'll try to record a little jingle or a ditty to re remember uh, what it was or what was going on. Or if it's a lyric or whatever, you type it in the notepad. Um, but to be a like to really, you know, be able to grab that, whatever it is. You have to sort of just allow yourself to be able to just go with it whenever it comes. So if the moment hits you and you're a painter and it's, you know, 12 in the afternoon, then you can't be in your workspace in a cubicle. You have to be in an art studio painting. You know what I mean? Like that's how it really works. It's it's something that everybody is not able to harness on it just you when it comes you jump on the back of that thing and you ride that for as well, long as you can. You know what else though? It wasn't really encouraged in my household. Hmm. You know, um, because it, you know I'm first generation. Parents immigrated to this country, so a lot of it was if that can't make you money, you can't do it. You know, my brother plays baseball probably because my just because my dad thought he was going to be a baseball player, like he was gonna be pro. Um, but like even I wanted to do boxing at one point 
And he's like, that's not for girls. Girls don't make money with boxing. Yeah. I know I know what that feels like, too, because I, even though I'm talking about, you know, I had to rebel to grab onto creativity and become the musician or the artist or whatever that I ended up becoming. Um, early on, I mean, my parents did not really give me a platform for that creative space at all. They weren't supportive of art and music. Yeah, didn't um, you, like, get, like, an art scholarship, an art school scholarship, and they said no? Sort of, yeah. I was on that direction. I was taking all of the high-end art classes in high school, the portfolio classes where you put together, you know, whatever. My dad didn't agree with that. He didn't think that that's at all where I should, you know, the direction I should go in. And so he put a stop to it as much as he could. And I don't know. I also, again, I rebelled through those instances to become the artist that I became. But it wasn't you know, I wasn't fortunate enough to be given a platform either. So I understand mm -hmm. that's really, it's tough. It's difficult. And really what I did is not what you would recommend anybody to do because what I did was I didn't follow the right path that put me in a position to have uh, access to better jobs or make money. You know, like I really did it by basically throwing out the normal like routine of life out the window and going with the flow selling drugs smoking weed making my own lifestyle doing my own thing like that wouldn't be the course of action you'd want to tell people to go in but that also provided me a lifestyle and, and an, the ability <laughs> to have music studios and my right. house and record and jam whenever i wanted to and not you know have people telling me it's 10 o'clock, we got to go to bed kind of thing. Um, I'm older now, so, you know, 10 o'clock is it's okay. It's to a reasonable time now. But, <laughs> but When your body makes more noise than you do, yeah. like intentionally, that's but when you in, know you should in, go to in sleep. In those early days, it was definitely important for me to have to just be um, uh, completely in my own zone. Um, so it, it's, it's difficult. It's definitely something that it doesn't come just completely natural without hours and hours and hours of what people would say is just repetitive, like craziness, like it wouldn't have happened. Uh, but I, it's, when you get to the end result, I think it's worth it. That's why I stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. And I see that other people that I've come across in my life do really well. My best friend growing up is a graphic designer now, like or graphic artist now, and he does what he loves my daughter probably got his her artistic uh, abilities from him because sure as fuck didn't get it from me <laughs> but you know um i encourage that see i but wonder it, about it was, that though it was from necessity though because um when i when i had my daughter i was a housekeeper i was i i, I was still going to school but i was a housekeeper and i would take her with me and put her at the table, wherever I was cleaning the house, and just give her a box of crayons and books and and uh, uh, notepads. Um, and that's how she started just spending her time. So it was like out of necessity that that happened. But I wonder, um, my parents are also both not really uh, creative. Well, my mom did have somewhat of a musical background at some point, but not on a very professional level. She learned to play a few songs. She worked in a coffee shop. They did folk music kind of things, you know, Simon and Garfunkel and 
Peter, Paul, and Mary and that kind of stuff, whatever. Uh, my dad, on the other hand, I've never seen him express himself with music or any kind of like song or dance type of thing. Um, but I have it in me. And so like how you're saying, where did she, your daughter get it from? Like, I do wonder if you have it in you. It's just that because of the way your course of life panned out that you weren't able to like have the ability and the time to hone in on it. Because I say that because you are playing the bass guitar. You may not be writing your own songs, but you are being able to play along with certain songs. And so that's not a, you know, easy feat. You know, if you're able to at least pull that off, then you have some. I am pretty good talent. at that. Like, I am pretty good at that. Like, if I pick up, I can pick up a song mm-hmm. really quickly. Um, I think I've picked up the bass really quickly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, maybe like and I, I used to I. So when you're in high school, you're allowed to do your electives. I started off with calligraphy because art was full. But then I took art classes and then I took after school art classes. Mm-hmm. And it's like I wanted to, but I just never thought I was good enough. And it was a quote waste of time. Sure. So um, so I didn't focus on that. But maybe. Well, um, maybe everybody has it in them. It's just if you choose to work out that muscle or not. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It 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 may not be able to be worked out because of your time in your life, the hours that it takes. Um, but so just to give you a quick example, Tom Morello, obviously Rage Against the Machine guitarist, he uh, used to break down his practice into four different categories, um, one of which would be maybe music theory and trying to understand like by book how it's supposed to work. But uh, so and I don't remember exactly if I know all four, but the point is one of those would be jamming two songs and then another portion of that would be jamming completely free form. So another portion of that portion. Yes, another portion. So but the point is he was differentiating the fact of playing with a song and jamming exactly to a song and then also being able to just put on an open jam and just play music without following. So that's the two different muscles right there. And so you're working out one part. It's like the bicep, but to work out the tricep, you have to do, uh, you know, just spend an hour or so plug in your instrument, just diddle around and make sounds that sound good. Um, I definitely think that if you did that, you would also be able to work that muscle out. And I understand we are all so busy with everything going on in life. It's so hard to squeeze in any extra time. So all I'm trying to say is don't get down on yourself. I think you do have it in you, but you just need to take the time to work that muscle out. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I don't think I would. I don't think I will. <laughs> I don't think you will either. <laughs> I'm just so tired at the end of the day. Uh, like right now I am recording in pajamas, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, there are other ways where I express myself express myself express yourself um, like my baking i know how's cooking. your baking channel doing i haven't posted anything i keep forgetting to take pictures we need to set you up with like a over-the-top camera thing so you can just like put it on like some sort of a clamp or a tripod and then whenever you go to cook you just turn it on and just have it snap pictures of. yeah yourself. most of all like right now because i want the kitchen remodeled um but there's no light where I where there's no light where I am, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I just put on like 
um, a movie or something and then just listen to it on my headphones while I'm baking or cooking. And I but I've come I've like started making some like really great things and I just always forget to um, I always always forget to take pictures of it. But I do have like a pretty nice decent community. That's good. Yeah. It's uh it's it's good to hear that. I know you were, you know, working hard on all those delicious recipes and <laughs> you're working yeah. hard at tasting each <laughs> tasting and every one of them. Yeah. But I mean I I do enjoy it. It does on the days where I'm feeling like in a funk, like if I bake something, I feel good, I feel accomplished. Um and so what I do is I'll just find a recipe that I want to try and review it, do the tweaks that I think are appropriate for my family's needs. And then try to make it. Um, sometimes I'll make something the first time and then be like, that was horrible. And then try it again yeah. in a way that I know that my family will like it. Like, for example, if I make something for you, I'll make it like as the recipe says, but immediately will omit the onions. I appreciate it. As an example. It. Thank you very much. I was thinking about getting merch at some point, not for this show. And just, <laughs> okay, let me let me re- rewind for a minute. Whoa, that's I, out of left field. Well, I, you said onion. I I despise onions, and I don't like them on my burgers especially. And sometimes when you get high and go through a drive-thru, you forget to tell them no fucking onions, right? And uh, the shirt's not going to solve that problem. I still got to remember. But I thought it would be cool to have a shirt that just had no, no onion. onions. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to have a shirt that said toasted, and it was like a piece of We We talked about this on toast. the last episode, did right? We? I don't know. So. Did we? Um, either way, nice. It used to go very well with my eyes. Let's just say with that. your eyes. Was it green? I <laughs> know oh, my eye. The uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my eyes were very red. The shirt was not green. It was your white. Eyes with a were piece like of, this. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Sometimes my eyes feel like that, though. My eye feels like that right now because I still haven't gotten new contacts. Why don't you get new contacts? Because I'm lazy. I'm not lazy. I just. I have to make an eye doctor appointment, whatever. But then there's a place where I can order them online. But then I went to order them and I was like, oh, I have to go get my credit card. <laughs> so. Yeah, it happens. I know what you mean. I've been putting off a few things as well, too. Yeah. But we're getting back into the swing of everything. I'll be able to see soon, I'm sure. And if not, it's no worries. I was seeing eye dog. <laughs> I think he needs a seeing eye dog for himself. My seeing eye dog needs a seeing eye dog. Wait, does that mean I get another dog? What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, um, I guess we can wrap it up for the day. It's been a roller coaster. When I it was excitement about the movie, then the movie bored us, and then we started I, talking about trauma. <laughs> well, here's yeah, yeah. But here's my conclusion to the movie. I really didn't like. I didn't really like it that much. I thought it was okay. I can understand why people like it. And I feel like I would have liked it at a different point in time in my life. Um, but it was it didn't wow me as much as I was, you know, I didn't even expect it to wow me, but it didn't wow me. Uh, so hopefully on to the next one, I say, you know. Um, and my thing was the movie needed more salt. Sure. Like sure. Or, or some you know, chili flakes or something. Yeah. It just wasn't enough. Sure. I mean, I don't know. This it's something like lasagna without ricotta. Yeah. Like, it needed a little bit more to give it a little Well, oomph. 
Stan, again, Stan Winston in his own right, he's uh, phenomenal. Gr- it was good um, in regards to the special effects. Special effects, yeah. that was fine. But like even Michael Jordan on his own was not the champion he was. Without oh, you mean his, his baseball team. career? <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly a good analogy. Yeah, he did a baseball career. This is the baseball career of Stan Winston. Even though he thought he was like, I'm gonna make my own movie. It's gonna be the best movie ever. I mean, whatever. But <laughs> so he directed, he directed six movies. Okay, what others? Pumpkinhead, A Gnome Named Norm, Guns and Roses. You could be mine. Video short. T two three D Battle Across the Time. Video short. Ghosts the short, and Michael Jas- Jackson Ghosts the short version. Video short. All right. All within the 90s. And so I think that's when he was like, mm, I'm going to be okay. Because he has most of his filmography in special effects, 40 credits. Right. And I think that's uh, where he's really made his mark. Um, Pumpkinhead. Yeah, Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead. What Speaking made of- you think pick this movie? I want to know. Because I know it comes up in our Slash Cards game quite often. Is that the reason why? Because I've never watched it. Okay. I'm not mad at you for picking it. I'm just saying but like. I, I feel like maybe we should have talked about the little girl who lives down the lane. <laughs> As opposed to this one. Because oh, right. I think that one had a little bit more oomph to it. Um, but I just had never seen Pumpkinhead. And I've never been attracted to you wanting to see it. Like I've never been drawn to it. I'm glad we watched it now. So now it's out of the now way. Now it's out of the way. Exactly. You know. <laughs> like the next movie that I'm dreading having to watch is probably actually I, I don't have one I don't have one in mind but actually one that I think I want to watch is this movie called Dumplings um Dumplings Dumplings okay and I've seen this is it a before. horror movie called Dumplings yes. it's um a horror movie from is this it I just remember yes. something. It okay. is a horror movie from 2004, and it has it stars Bai Ling. Oh, okay. And nice. Yeah, and it is amazing. <laughs> it is, it is... Um, I could... I, go ahead. It is amazing. It's super, super good. Uh, I don't know how we would watch it, and it's in a different language. I so, could bet money that you see her dumplings in this movie. Maybe I'm pretty <laughs> I don't sure. remember, I, but it's I probably watched it in 2004. Oh, you've seen it, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember one part of it, and it's nasty, Ooh, but I not can... like sexual nasty, like oh. vomit inducing nasty. Oh, and okay. I can't wait to watch that one. Okay, tell me about these other two titles you had me write down the other day. You were like, Hey, uh, write down uh, climax and Three extremes, or something so. The three like that. extremes dumplings is part of that collection. Oh, okay. And I had you write it down because I was cooking, and I was like, "Oh, I can't. The three. I have to remember." And what was the other one? Climax. Climax. Oh, okay. So climax <laughs> yeah. is a movie from no, not that the Corn Channel. <laughs> from Brown Chicken, Brown Cow. He. So you want to know something that I saw recently that made me feel like super old? What? There was a YouTube video that popped up that said kid plays PH intro 
and gets in trouble at school or something like that, right? And immediately I knew PH, well, that must stand for Pornhub, right? But I don't really ever use Pornhub. I mean, I, you know, use some other different sites, but not Pornhub. But apparently Pornhub has an intro, which is just drums, strictly drums. Nothing so the teacher else. recognized it? The whole school recognized it. But then there's not just one person doing it. There's a whole bunch of other videos that pop up of people doing the same thing, maybe not at school, but in other places. One of which was a guy who was at school and played the intro over the morning announcements. And all it is is a drum beat. It's like, boom, blah, something just that short. But you know how, like, if you hear a significant drum beat, you know, it, it like means something. So I'm just saying, like, I have not watched Pornhub I, enough I, to know that. I wouldn't that recognize it. I wouldn't recognize it. It's like when somebody recently commented on one of our posts on Instagram, I'm like, can you translate this? Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. Like, what does this, this mean? This is just so funny to me because it. I get it. There's a specific drum but if I would have been given a blind test of like, hey, what's this? And somebody just played it, I'd be like, I have no fucking clue. I don't know that song. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm not, you know, I mean, I've, I've been to porn channels, but not Pornhub enough to know that there's an intro to it. But yeah, I was actually I astounded to find this out because I was like, wow, I'm 40 now. That's how old <laughs> I am, that I don't even know what's the most relevant sound in even the porn world. <laughs> <laughs> Sign of maturity, these, I'm sure. These kids in high school are like they hear just like two four notes of a drum beat and they're like, oh shit, the whole fucking place is is in like, you know, erupting and shit. Cause the kid's playing a quick beat on a drum. <laughs> so the movie Climax. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna read you the synopsis from IMDB. French dancers gather in a remote, empty school building to rehearse on a wintry night. The all-night celebration morphs into a hallucinatory nightmare when they learn their sangria is laced with LSD. Oh, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, that's a horror movie, too. So it could be a very I, I, a good or a bad time. I can, I've been down both those roads at different times. Hell, I've had bad meditations. I can't imagine taking LSD. Well, you wanted to do ayahuasca when I first met you. Yeah, but then I changed my mind after the edible is incident. Yeah, you were like, wait a minute. I didn't realize how... Vomit-inducing it is. Uh, yeah, you were like, I thought ayahuasca was more like uh, red vines. Red vines. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something harmless. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Okay, no. Um. Anyway, so we have a few things on our list. What's on your list? Climax and oh, yeah. dumplings. Dumplings, yes. And um, we should probably do one of those killer clowns from outer space. What are you? Uh, how? What are your thoughts on this new Candyman that's going to come out? I can't wait to watch it. However, it's in theaters <laughs> only. Only in theaters. Yeah. Dude, I think that's a, a not so good thing because a lot of people are not going out. So. Right. Like, I'm not going to go to a movie theater at all, ever again. But why be the one movie to try to bring people back to the movie theaters? Because it's a trap. He's waiting on the other side. <coughs> See? They're trying to what? stop me from <coughs> revealing the secrets. I'm telling you it's the CIA and their robot you birds. Do you think it's going to be good? You're, you're mm -hmm. excited for it? I'm actually excited for it. I think, I'm not big on remakes, but I think, what is it? Uh, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Peel. I think he's talented i think he did a good job with his movies that i've seen what was the other one um get out get out I, mean, I didn't see 
us or us. them. When I saw, so I I liked I saw it us or whatever it was called. Um, there were parts that I liked, but then there were also parts that I didn't like. I don't know if I'm in the super like wow for, like. I don't know. Again, people step outside of the. Body. I think he's doing good. I think I think his movie. I think he'll do good. I think he'll do good with the movie. And and the trailer I'm looks not. pretty good too. Like I'm excited for it. And I'm not usually excited about remakes. Um, that said, I'm never going to the movie theater ever again. There's no point because shortly after the theatrical run, they'll just release it on a streaming service. And I have all the streaming services pretty much. It's kind of like the bar situation that I brought up earlier, though, where they're, where t- they're taking the experience of the thing out of it. Like, you're now going to sit at home and watch the movie in the comfort of your own home, which I get, but you don't have the the big mega screen and the dark some people will still um, do it though um just like some people will not go to the bar anymore and that's fine because they can make their drinks at home but then there's some people who are like i can't make my own drinks at home let me go to the bar and or restaurant like but you gotta you can't tell me that you don't want to go to a movie theater I don't want to go to movie theater. I really seriously, I I don't want to go to movie theater, and it's not even COVID. It's like I, it's a waste of money. (laughs) Like it's it's expensive because I usually have to buy four tickets, so it's expensive. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. The snacks aren't exactly great. I am not. I am totally aware of that because you know me, I'm Mister Frugal. Now that's with that all being said, I'm referencing the theater as the as the that's what I'm saying. Like, forget the money aside. Let's say it was a free movie theater and snacks are free and you don't have to pay anything. And and forget COVID. But there's still something that's amazing about seeing a movie on a giant screen with a mega sound system and just feeling it. Don't you agree or no? Um, yeah, there is. Like, the same reason why I took my kids to the kaiju marathon over the summer two summers ago to go watch old school godzilla movies at the vista same reason why i i go to secret movie club at the egyptian we've been to so many of those cinematic void like i yeah i there is something but i i would do it for more more for like the nostalgia so you're a little over event but like movie theaters like to go like the last good experience aside from cinematic void or secret movie club like the last good experience I had at a movie theater that I enjoyed immensely was when I went to go watch The Princess Bride in theaters. When was this? In the 80s? No. Like literally, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know, five years ago or something. Uh, to Gormley for her birthday like a few years ago. Oh. Well, and and it was, it was, it was good. And it was, but it was nostalgia factor. I like... Watching movies at home too, trust me, because mm. I'm a smoker. And not that everywhere I go, I can just sit on the couch and smoke weed and watch a movie, but maybe I can at least smoke outside and come in real quick or whatever. But like, th- that's obviously something you can't do at a movie theater. Um, I do remember the first time I realized you could drink in a movie theater, which obviously is not necessarily a common thing across all of the movie theaters. Right. But, um, I miss a little bit of the movie experience and just, yeah. you know, just the when it's a good movie and when it's, you know, I don't know, 
just the lights go down and the trailers come up. There's it's a good vibe. It does remind me of an older time in my life, too, you know. Yeah, no, I get that. And I'm sure at some point I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to see that movie and I'll go watch it in the theater. But I haven't had that spark yet. Mm-hmm. Like the last movie we were looking forward to seeing was King uh, Godzilla versus Kong or King Kong, whatever the last Godzilla movie was. We were very much looking forward to it, but we streamed it. And I, I think it was a much more enjoyable experience because I'm loud. My children are loud. And so when things happen in the movie where we were excited about it, we were able to express ourselves <laughs> without having to, you know, Mute be quiet yourself. because yeah. And and my kids You're and just I going to the wrong movie were, theaters. We're kind of my kids and I were kind of morbid, you know? Like we don't we're not you know, typical. And so we'll say stupid shit all throughout the day, you know, watching movies. Like you've you've watched the movie with with us yeah, and I know. it's like and one of those things where we'll like make fun of every single thing that's happening in the and movie and i i'm totally for that and i do enjoy like i said being able to watch the movie on my own terms for sure i'm just saying that there are some of those things like those outdoor those out, outside of the house experiences such as I, they're starting to fade away like another 10 years 15 years of life going the way we are going you might have you know a 15 to 20 year old kid who has never even been to a movie theater in their life. And what would that be like? You know? Yeah. I don't think the movie experience is going away. I think it's just going to be changed a little bit, be more novelty as opposed to, Oh, there's a movie theater. We have to go check this movie out, whatever. And I think that's okay too, because whoever wants it will seek it out. You know, don't be afraid of change. Not you. I mean, just in general, like don't be afraid of change because if you really want something, you'll just do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How many people still have record players? You know well, what I mean? Things come and go, and that's also because there's a in music, you know, there's a, it's a sonic uh, thing. You know, there is something that people still get out of being able to put a piece of vinyl on a record player, and the needle hits it, and then it, you know, coming out of a nice sound system. Oh, I totally um, get it. I grew up with an amazing record collection, like records. Yeah. You know, like vinyl uh, and a record player. Um, so I totally get it, and I miss that. Yeah, well, but mo- then again, my mom also threw out all my records, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I most, have nothing to play. Most of the recordings these days are all digitally done, which even my own group has, you know, done that as well. Uh, not saying that's a bad thing, but it, the, you know, even di- digitally recorded music is still another level. It's not like you know a lot of the other uh, old school like great classic albums were all recorded on tape, reel to reel. You know, it's a whole nother beast it took a different amount of skill and talent to be able to record these things and then also just um the sound the playback probably is more uh, works better with like records and stuff like that uh digital it's just like mp3 format it's all compressed it's like all meant to sound good in a tiny little speaker that you shove in your ear hole you know it's like you're not getting the same frequencies as it is coming out of a mega sound system yeah i loved the last concert i went to i felt like i got a sonic cleansing mm-hmm. um so yeah i told that i wouldn't stop going to concerts well hopefully they come back there are some coming back actually um, yeah i mean i want to go see system yeah that, I don't we've know seen them before but I, I think it's going to be like an insane show and expensive and all kinds of a lot of hindrances but whatever um but with that being said um this was a great episode. 
Yeah, I always Thanks enjoy for, coming and talking to you, even if we don't by. like the movie. Uh, yeah. And we like the movie. It's just, you know, we have We like our, the movie, but it's, you yeah. know, I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I still feel like we haven't done yet that I feel like we should and I want to do? Completely trash a movie? Uh, no, I, I've, I've, trust me, I've been there a few times, but I probably held back a little bit. But it's more the fact that I haven't experienced the older classics Oh, and I, know I can you, take you down that trip. Well, you think that I'm going to fall asleep because they're going to be boring because half of them are silent films or whatever. But like, <laughs> I'm going to admit right now, I am guilty of never seeing like the movies that like right now, right over her shoulder, that uh, famous Frankenstein. I've never seen Frankenstein. I've never seen the real Dracula. I've, we did. I have seen Nosferatu and I've seen a few other like older ones. I couldn't tell you right now, but um well, the let's Wolfman, do this. the Mummy, and all those other classics, the Phantom of the Opera. I've never watched any of those. Um, I don't know if I'll actually enjoy them, <laughs> but I've never seen them. So, okay, let's do this. So, you know how we're re- okay, y'all. You all don't know this yet, but we're releasing Sunday episodes called Ice Cream Sundays, mm-hmm. and they are episodes that either are too short or ones that we ditched halfway. Or whatever, but they're from the archives. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So why don't we, after we release this one that we're working on now as an ice cream sundae, um, we can do an ice cream sundae series on classic horror movies. And we will start with one of my favorites. Which one? Metropolis. All right. Metropolis, Superman. I mean, it That's was horrible when I watched it. it. I know how horrible it was. Christopher Reeve, I was just like, seriously? What? God damn, will this guy just fall off a horse already? Uh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you're going to go like to ableist jail. Like (laughs) So Metropolis is actually a silent movie from 1927. Oh wow, great. So now we don't have to worry about talking over the dialogue. Correct. But it's it's nice because it's all like very expressive. And and remember, like Sunset Boulevard, when she talks with her eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's really good. It is a silent movie. It does have music to it. I, it's not like completely silent. I would hope that there's nobody talking. Yeah. Um, It's technically sci-fi horror, but uh, 1927 sci-fi. So you recommend we do Metropolis? We'll do Metropolis. That'll be my initiation into the old classic vaults of. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And then I have literally a box set that's called 100 Horror Classics. I have a box set like that, too. It's like all kung fu movies and shit. Oh, wait, is that your box set? Yes. Oh, that's your box set. <laughs> oh, mine's mafia stuff related. <laughs> like, yeah. you have my box set? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, so we can start with that. So this Sunday, we're releasing an episode... From the archives on Ice Cream Sundays called yeah. um, When We Tried to Review The Stepfather from 1980-something. Seven? I don't even remember. Um, but it starts, stars John Locke from Lost, whatever his actual name is. Right. We, we, um, we had some technical difficulties that time. We had to shelf the recording. We were still working out the bugs and the kinks in the recording and the podcast itself. Um, but... There was, it was a good 
episode, I think, and definitely worth going back and, and uh, you know, trying to polish up and put out, you know, the best yeah. thing we can. So We weren't great yet. And even though this episode has been a bit lengthy, I think, we're, we, I think we've established what we want to do. Yeah, I like the idea. I mean, you know, there's a few others that we might have in the vault, but um, like I said, the... We have doing, Child's Play in the vault. Yeah, Child's Play. You know that we watched Leprechaun, and we also watched Hereditary. I don't know if any of those ones actually were were complete episodes, but if we if not, we're going to have to go back and watch those sometime, yeah. too. All right, so, um, so look out for that this Sunday. This episode drops Thursday... August 25th, 6th, 26th. If all goes well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're, then, we're putting out one a week. If it comes out consistently, great. If not, we're promising that it's still going to get out within a week. <laughs> it's going to get so, there. So this, uh, the so the, the stepfather episode will be dropping on Sunday because it's a nice room Sunday. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming with us today. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just a little tired because I get up at five to go to work. But um, this has been fun. Yeah. And we, very traumatic. <laughs> well, I got another little bit of news as well, too. We might as well just kind of throw this in here at the end that um, obviously we're very happy right here in our little home studio because this is where we're able to do what we need to do at any time. But I do have now access to a nice studio where if we have some guests involved and we want to bring them in, we have a three-camera setup with, um, you know, some nice professional podcast-style microphones and lights yeah. and all that. So, um, so we're looking forward to that. We might be able to get some guests into the studio uh, since it's more feasible to bring them there than it would necessarily be bringing them here i guess right right yeah so look out for that maybe in the future maybe we can get buddy back on again he might have liked to do this movie because i know how much <laughs> he loves alien oh uh, yeah <laughs> Oops. yeah he probably would add some stuff to say we'll hear it in the comments he'll have to leave us some <laughs> notes or whatever um, all right um all right well thanks again um, follow us um, on our social media, whatever. We I don't honestly don't post, but you can keep up with us on um, icecreampodcast.com. There you can reach out to us or email us directly at hello at icecreampodcast.com cream. yeah. or um, probably some other way. I can't think. I think the social media thing has gotten so ingrained in just, people's heads that they know where to find us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Everybody right. knows, you know, you just search, you look, you don't find it there, you Google it, Everyone's it all pops house. up. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Ice Cream Parlor, we are one of the first things that pop up if you Google search us. So, yeah. so all else fails, just hit Google, find us, interact, reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, we'll do better at this. I'm just tired. It's all right. This was uh, still a good episode. It's always a good hang with you. Um, I do like it when we find a movie that we don't really enjoy. You like, know? We did a movie where we're like, let's just, let's just stop talking about this. <laughs> what, was that the fog? The, yeah. <laughs> like, just stop yeah. talking about this. This well, is going to be stupid. <laughs> all right. We just try to keep it real. So. Yeah, all absolutely. Right. Is that your stomach? Did your stomach just fart? <laughs> you didn't fart, but your it stomach wasn't was... A fart. Your stomach said goodbye. My stomach said... <laughs> Bitch! My What's my favorite word? Pumpkin head. <laughs> Pumpkin head. <laughs>
Oh, you know what Pumpkinhead makes me think of? Lacquerhead from Primus. That's exactly what I had in mind <laughs> earlier. <laughs> hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Okay, bye.